welcome back to another new school of thinking podcast a part of our impact series and today we have a very impressive individual i mean aside from jamal and dean and of course myself but um i think you guys are gonna learn so much um alongside our other episodes we've had on so far but topics on resilience doing one small little thing at a time i think sam is definitely going to take us uh, through his journey with a lot of milestones and key takeaways take a listen all right so welcome back to another new school of thinking podcast this is the impact series Today we have a very special guest and we're very excited to introduce him. Uh, we have Sam Dema with us. He's um, an alumni of the top 35 under 35 Global Change Maker Award, co-founder of the social enterprise Pick Waste, um, a 20-year-old youth speaker. We are very excited to have him here and uh, just have a conversation with him. So welcome, Sam, and thank you for joining us. Yeah, everyone, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and I'm super excited for the conversation. <laughs> Yeah, so are we, so are we. So, you know, we start off very simple. Like, just tell us about yourself. Just tell us about who you are, Sam Demma, as a person. Yeah, of course. So to tell you kind of a little bit about myself, I'll go back very quick. My whole life, I wanted to be a pro athlete. A lot of young people have athletic dreams. For me, it was pro soccer. By the time I was 13, I moved to Italy for six months of my childhood. I was pursuing a pro opportunity with about 25 international athletes who were touring the country. I came back with a newfound passion because when you put yourself in a culture that's just surrounded by sport, it becomes your whole life. And so I made a decision coming back starting grade nine that I would dedicate everything I do towards this goal and dream of playing pro soccer. By the time I was 17, four years later after hard work, I got a full ride scholarship opportunity to Memphis University on one condition that the coach wanted to watch me play one last time. And a week before that showcase that was going to happen in Florida, I ended up tearing the meniscus in my left knee in a friendly game. Um, Went down like a terrible path, had to go to Florida, sit on the bench, watch my team play. Everyone got scholarships. Um, I had to have a surgery. They told me, don't worry, Sam, just stay fit. We'll watch you play next year. Uh, Long story short, I got healthy again, toured a a second time five months later, um, and then took a fifth year of high school when all my friends started university. And everyone in my life was like, what the heck are you doing? You should be in school right now. You're doing a co-op at a gym. Like, what are you doing with your life? And then in my fifth year, seven months into it, I tore to my opposite knee a third time. Uh, That's when I I, I fully uh, stopped playing soccer. It was too much pain and problems for me. Um, And I attached my self-worth and identity to soccer my entire life. Similarly, the way people who work the same job for 20 years attach their self-worth to their their job title. And I had to ask myself, well, who's Sam without soccer? Like, what value do I have to provide the world? And then it was because of a high school teacher that my whole life started to switch. But if I would wrap up this question for you, I would say that uh, my whole life I wanted to be an athlete. Now it's transition and I'm a full-time speaker. But if I look at the two different things, I actually get the same fulfillment from each task. If I ask myself, why did I want to be a soccer player? It's because it gives you a challenge. You know, it gives you a, a family of people. It gives me purpose. It gives me confidence because you're good at it. And I get all those things from the work I'm doing today. Um, but yeah, to wrap it up, I would just say, like, I, I want to be a vessel for change. And that's what I what I present myself as now. So. 
Well, I mean, that's amazing. Like, yeah. that's a lot of adversity at a young age, man. Yeah, it's um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I could say a lot, just because I know, like, I compare it to other people. I don't mm. know if you ever heard of the book called "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. Okay. Um, but he was an ex Navy SEAL. The dude like has been running a hundred mile marathons with broken legs. Like I've been through a lot for sure, um, and definitely at a young age. But compared to others, I think it's it's pretty modest. But it definitely changed my perspectives for sure. Sam, it's okay. You and I are gonna be part of the same gang of our fifth year run in high school. So <laughs> I think we all make it somewhere somehow. But those adver- adversities are definitely like a silver lining in the wrong long run, right? So. That, thank you for sharing all in all. Yeah, like how did that, how did, how did that change your perspective? Like you said, it was about your teacher. And I, I listened to the, the to the TED Talk class, so I kind of know this, this yeah. story. But, um, you know, for our listeners who haven't, like, what, what flipped the switch for you? Because yeah. like you said, you get the same fulfillment out of how, how, what you played with soccer, how you played soccer, what you felt and what that meant to you. You get the same fulfillment from what you do now. And it's totally different. These things are totally different, right? So what flipped the switch? So I was like, you know what? I can actually I can actually do this. And yeah. it gives me that same value. Yeah. So real quick, shout out Rana. I appreciate it. Gang, gang. <laughs> uh, Jamal. Um, yeah. So for me, when I was going down this terrible path after all the injuries, lost a piece of myself, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had a teacher who was just very passionate about social problems. And... A compliment that you can get as a speaker is when someone tells you that you were contagious, not because of the content, because of, but because of the way you delivered it. And the reason I tell you that is because that was my grade 12 World Issues teacher, Mr. Loudfoot. I've had multiple teachers all throughout high school, and maybe you can relate. Some of them are stupid shit boring. You go to class and you almost fall asleep. Uh, in Loudfoot's class, in Mike's class, you go in and the dude's literally screaming, yelling with passion. Like, I remember him. He'd walk to the middle of the classroom and literally yell at us saying like, You guys don't understand. You have the power to change the world. You guys have more numbers than our old age people. You can vote. You can do this. And you just scream at us the whole period. And there was this one class in April after all the injuries went down. And he was talking about making a difference in the world, using our lives to try and help other people. And the way he delivered the message was super impactful uh, for me personally. He was breaking down the lives of the figures in history, uh, proving to us that their big changes or accomplishments were the result of thousands of small consistent actions and this whole idea of a small action done consistently if we chose to do it we could also make a huge impact and he left us after the period ended with a challenge he said go do this in your community go do this in your personal life do it for six months at least and then come back to me and tell me if something happened and i remember i would, I would ask my you know from school to say music like okay what small action can i take i don't know what i can provide to the world i was an athlete my whole life who knows Took me about two weeks of walking home before a coffee cup blew across the sidewalk, and it was it was Tim Hortons, <laughs> and uh, I picked it up. <laughs> I uh, I realized, you know what? This is a small action. I can do this. This can be my little thing for now to put my teacher's theory to the test. So I would just start bringing a bag with me to school, filling it with trash on my walk home. Did it for about four months until one of my buddies, Dylan, saw me, and he was like, "Sam, what the heck are you doing? Why are you picking up garbage?" Explained to him the whole theory that Mike ta- taught me about small actions. Dylan at first was like, I don't know what you're doing, bro. Like, I'm not interested, but like, best of luck. Four days into the summer break, school ends. He calls me up. He's like, yo, let's do something with this. So we created an Instagram page the first Saturday of summer called the OG Waste Mats. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> we thought it was gonna be so funny all these young people are gonna come out we started going outside for one hour once a week that was our small action to just pick up trash in the community and we advertise it through local churches we advertise it on social media we got our principal involved spoke in front of our high school right before the school year ended and we were planning just to do it for that summer gained so much momentum in the first summer that we actually never stopped so it's been about two years We've done over 140 cleanups, filled roughly now 1,400 bags, picked up 21,000 cigarette butts. We have two teams, one in Pickering and one in, um, uh, one in, where's McGill? In Montreal. And uh, yeah, so that's really, if I had to go back to answer your question, to flip the switch to that, it was this whole lesson about small actions. Because, and I know so many people can relate to this, we feel like in order to change something in your life or make a difference, you have to do something huge. And it felt for me personally, it was the first time that I felt like my teacher was making it tangible for me to also do something different with my life. It was like, you don't have to quit your job and do all this craziness for me, which was soccer, but for someone else, it might be something totally different. He said, just take a small action consistently. Picking up trash for one hour, once a week. That's all we did. And then take a picture of it and post on Instagram. And then all this crazy stuff started to happen. So uh, it was that lesson that really flipped the switch for me and, and helped change my perspective. Yeah, that's a great story, man. And I think I think that's what people need to understand is that you don't have to do something big to change the world. You don't have to do something big to make an impact, right? And that's kind of like why this works, like this New School of Thinking podcast works too, because we we get people on the show that, you know, just, just do something that they love doing. And in turn, it creates an impact on their society or, or on people, you know? Yeah. Like, like Ren said at the beginning, when we were just talking before the, the podcast, it was like it's just about the listen right if you get one listener then you know that's that's the impact moreover sam yeah. i think there's something that you can definitely kind of i hope you can share with us like you know all those crazy talkers right the naysayers i feel like if we were ever to put up a poster and be like yo line up and tell me why this won't work we're gonna have a gazillion people that are just like empty just empty worded individuals that are like no why would i do that i'm like if you put that energy towards actually doing the action item here we would all make you know such a difference but how did you navigate that and like who was or can you kind of touch upon maybe one memorable moment where you're like i got that one yes or that got that one support that first support you got before you know this kind of exploded into two groups are you able to share yeah. about that yeah, so I would say like the first, the first real support was from our city. So after we established the fact that we wanted to do this, the first thing we did was literally, I was 17 at the time, I just walked into City Hall, went to the front desk and I was like, yo, my name's Sam, I'm from Pickering. I plan to clean up our community one hour once a week. I need someone to come pick up the trash, give me gloves and bags and take care of all the disposal. They were like, oh, you have to talk to Christy. Christy does all of our environmental initiatives. I was like, perfect. Walked right into Christy's office, sat down in a chair, told her everything. She was like, oh my God, yep, we're doing this. And from that day forward, she got us 3,000 pairs of gloves, multiple garbage bags. She got us featured on the local paper to get volunteers. And she got us partnered with the city to do a $10,000 project. And I'd say like everything in the city of Pickering stemmed from her. Wow. Outside of that, uh, it all came from speaking. But funny you mentioned naysayers because when I was doing my first presentation that was actually like $150, which was like the small little paid gig, I, um, I was 17 and I did it at an elementary school and I arrived half an hour early and they told me to go sit in the staff room. And I remember I was sitting in the staff room and I was talking to some of the staff members, kind of shy, a little bit introverted. And um, 
I remember they were like, okay, now it's time for you to go and set up. So I got up, left the staff room, went to the gym, started setting up my stuff and uh, crushed the presentation. Half the staff members ran over. They're like, hey, Sam, uh, that was amazing. And there were some staff members that I saw in the staff room and they walked up and they were like, oh, we just want to apologize. And I was like, you want to apologize for what? And they're like, well, you know, you're 17 years old. When you left the staff room to get set up, we all were kind of like joking, like, what's this young kid going to have to say that that's really of any importance? And I just remember I was like, man, that sucked. Like it sucked, it sucked so much. But at the same time, what it made me realize and what most young people and any people realize is that when someone has an opinion about you that's pre-made, but you show up and you still deliver on whatever it is that you sold or the service or whatever it is, then all of a sudden their, their preconceived notion ends up being like the total opposite. It's like, oh, we doubted you and you came and you crushed it. Now it's like, it's your biggest advantage. So any young person that's tuning in thinking they can't make a difference, your age is your biggest advantage because they're going to doubt you first. And when you crush it, they're going to praise you like crazy. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to, to add that in there because I've had lots of situations where it was kind of, uh, I was kind of doubted or the, the people were against me. So, yeah. Yeah, glad you glad you shared that story because that's definitely that's definitely what what could happen. Like a young person coming into a group, yeah. you know, they don't get the recognition, I guess, or the initial respect. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's definitely a good thing. And I mean, one thing I want to touch on on the first part of your story is that it just it just took you to go into the to the city hall and just ask. Yeah, that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like, you can have this idea in your head, you can want to do something about it, but you just don't ask. Yeah. Right. So that's how it all starts. You know. Yeah, I was even gonna. I was gonna add one thing real quick before Dean pops in. Um, the uh, the crazy thing is too is like it, you can take the right action. Like for just just to use this as an example, like say the goal was to lose weight because losing weight is like a very easy thing to talk about. It's all numbers. You know that you have to go to the gym every single day, right? But if you only go to the gym seven days, like you just do it for one week, yeah, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, you can eat the right food, you can eat the right, you can drink the right water. You're not going to see any changes. Mm. What allows the change to happen is the consistency <laughs> part, but over an extended period of time. So that's why my teacher in class was like, yo, do it for six months, not just one day or one week or one month. It's not going to work the same. So I'd say one other big thing to consider is like, yeah, it's a small action, but every single day for like a whole year before you even expect any result. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that in too, but, uh, Dean, Dean, go ahead. That's a, that's a good point uh, that you brought up, but my question is now going to be a little bit, uh, devil's advocate. So you that, uh, you had Mr. Loudfoot who, who got you into this and made, talked about change and making a difference. So if Mr. Loudfoot, you remove Mr. Loudfoot from the equation, where would Sam Dema be right now? Pretty good question. Hmm. So that's an interesting question. Um, I don't know that I could answer that, to be honest with you. I'd probably be in school because I finished high school and due to social pressure and also my inner voice, I convinced myself to go to university, but not knowing what I wanted to study. Because in the back of my mind, I wanted to build pick waste in this, this speaking business. And um, I ended up going to school for two months at University of Toronto Scarborough campus before breaking down. It was on October 19th. I was sitting in front of my laptop doing a paper on mosquito repellent, starting a 10 page report on DDT, a chemical and mosquito repellent. And I opened up like uh, JSTOR where it's all these academic journals and I was pulling journals up. I didn't write a word on my word doc. Um, and I just started crying in front of my computer. My parents were at dinner. I called them and I was like, yo, I'm dropping out. I can't do this anymore. 
I'm gonna figure my stuff out. Uh, I ended up investing as much as a first year student would invest in university, but in alternative education from mentors and, co- and courses in the US. Um, so I would say on a higher level to answer your question, I would probably be in school doing some sort of course that most likely wouldn't be right for me because I don't think I'm, I don't think it's the right timing for me to be in school. I don't know that I'm built for it right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say. Because uh, I know like the way you talk about this idea and everything, it seems like you found your passion and you've pushed forward and, and you found all your, your strengths. They've been unlocked. I guess I'm trying to figure out or maybe you can explain to the audience. Clearly yeah. you have strength, right? Yeah. It just, you had to like, there was some sort of trigger event that made you understand that this is, this is where my strengths are, wh- whether it's through pick waste or through the, your teacher, right? Yep. So okay. it's like, what, what advice would you give? Like yep. if they didn't have a Mr. Loudfoot in your, in their life, like yep. how would, what advice would you give to those to find that passion or, or find that way to go? You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? how, do you, how do you unlock those skills? That, like, I'm yeah. trying to, like, how would you unlock that uh, your passion right yeah, like, yeah. Is it something you just fall in love with or do, is it something you discovered you yeah. believe in everything happens for a reason or like you know what i mean yeah so uh, there's a couple things i want to say about that the first is like i think your passion is built and it's not found so a lot of people will say like you know find your passion in life one i think there's like multiple things that someone could be passionate about uh i think the purpose of a person is always ever evolving as well it's not one answer uh for me how i stumbled upon it um without even mr loudfit in my life there were some trigger events that were very interesting and refreshing for me and I'll, i'll backtrack from each of them to kind of give the audience an idea of how they could figure it out themselves when we started pick waste i had this idea Again, you have to think back. It was nothing. It was it was me and three of my buddies just deciding to pick up a piece of garbage, right? It was like an experiment, a, a summer project, a cool idea. Um, and the first thing we did was call my principal and just say, "Hey, can we have five minutes at the end of this present at the end of this assembly at, at Thanksgiving to just recruit volunteers?" And I still have the video, and I can send it to you guys, and you can share it with your audience if you want. But I haven't shared it yet because it's terrible. Like it's 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 so bad. I'm running back and forth i'm spitting all over the mic i'm choking over my words it's, it's just disgusting and um i ended up speaking for five minutes and i loved it it was my first time ever speaking to a live audience it was in front of my high school and i absolutely loved it i sucked it was terrible but something inside of me was like this was this was enthralling you need to do more of this and so that was like the initial spark of okay i think speaking or communication will be some form in my future Um, and then the way I just sort of watered that and grew it into a skill because it wasn't something I was strong at at first was by repetition. And Gary Vee gives a, a very practical advice about finding the things you love or passions. And he, he gives the analogy of a buffet. He's like, how do you know what you like to eat if you don't eat all the food at a buffet? You have to try every single plate of every single thing that's offered or you're not going to figure it out. So I would say if you're stuck or like you're not sure what you love, just do a bunch of random shit. Like do a bunch of random stuff. Um, I would have never known that I liked speaking. I would have never even became a speaker, most likely, if I didn't step in front of my in my in front of my high school audience. Um, so that's what I would say. Like if you don't have someone kind of inspires you to take the first step, um, try a bunch of random things. Try a bunch of random stuff. Uh, talk to people who are in positions that you want to be in. That's another thing. So even after Mr. Loudfoot inspired me, he didn't teach me how to build. A community initiative or how to speak or how to monetize it or any of this stuff that was all from other mentors and other people 
So I would say, once you kind of decide you want to try something new, go and find someone who's crushing it doing that thing and be like, hey, I, I want to get like 10 minutes of your time. Even if you had just 10 minutes, I admire your work and I want to go down a similar path. Can we chat? I've had over like 50 phone calls with speakers, not only in Canada, but from the US as well. And they've always given me their time for free. So um, to wrap that up, I would say like, think buffet, try as many things as you can. And then also think, how can I leverage the experiences of other people who have already done what I'm thinking about doing to just learn from them? And Sam, like on that note, you know, you shared the age of 17 being that, you know, that age where you're inspired, but you got to, you got pushed out of your comfort zone. Can you kind of paint the picture as to when you first started? So you were 17 and then when did this become like, um, I guess a full-time gig for you. How did that timeline, paint that timeline out? Because I think that's another thing a lot of um, stories lack where right now hearing your story, it becomes a success story. It's like, well, Sam did it. I'm, I'm no longer 17. I can't go back in time or I can't start today. And I think you're definitely not highlighting that, but I think to just highlight the realness behind where it started, how it became to be, can you kind of just pinpoint certain ages or like milestones of years um, that really like helped you along the way? Yeah, so July 1st, 2017 was our first ever cleanup. Um, And just to be clear for everyone, like Pick Waste is a voluntary initiative. We've never made a dollar through Pick Waste. It's not like where I make an income or an impact or not where I make an income from. Um, But that started on July 1st, 2017. But the idea started four months earlier. So we can say like, I don't know, around March, around March of 2017. um, We picked up trash voluntarily for two years. Milestones would include starting a second chapter. That was in the summer of 2018. Um, That was the Montreal chapter. We also tried to start two more that same summer in Ajax and in Scarborough, but they both failed. Uh, They did like two or three cleanups. The team leader fell off and it stopped operation. Um, In terms of turning this into my full-time gig, um, that happened in March of 2019, not long ago. So I made my first real Sam Demo Enterprises like dollar in March of 2019. So looking big picture, it took me two years, like two years before I even made a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the, the, the coronavirus came up and I'm, I'm basically going to have to go back to square one. And there's lots of unprecedented things that you're, along the way that you're not going to expect. I'm also um, fortunate that I'm young, so I do live at home. But for people who aren't living at home, if I was older, if I was in my 30s or 40s or 50s and worked a full-time job, I would set aside a couple hours a day to do the most important tasks. So there's a guy named Vilfredo uh, Pareto, and he has this thing called the Pareto Principle. He's an uh, economist. He says 20% of the actions you take get you 80% of the results. Right. And so I've, I've kind of asked myself, okay, well, as a speaker, if this is what I want to do, what are the most important actions? And I've boiled it down to speaking because that's the most preferable thing. It's the best marketing. And then sales calls calling principles, selling speeches. Those are the two most important things to do. So if I only had an hour a day, I would just make 10 phone calls. Or if I only had, you know, two hours a, a, a day, I would make phone calls and maybe work on a website. And then I'll just do that over it. Maybe it'll take you a little longer than it took me, but eventually you'll, you'll get the similar result. Well, good to know that Sam Demma and Beyonce have 24 hours in their day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have a question for you here. So, yeah. Uh, it's about the, uh, can you tell, tell us about the top 35 under 35? 
um, yeah. that Changemaker Award? Like, how, how did that come about? Like, what was it about? And uh, what are you doing right now to continuously keep up with the times and stay relevant in um, in society now in terms of like your initiatives and what you're doing? Yeah, brother. No, I, li- I like that. So the top 35 under 35 actually was just a, an email outreach by one of the people from Contiki Travels. I don't know if you know Contiki Travels, but essentially they do like traveling for young people around the world. Um, they started a new branch to their brand called the top 35 under 35 global change makers. And they just they just reached out to me and Dylan, most likely because we also uh, about a year earlier were nominated for the top 25 under 25 environmentalists in, in uh, Canada. And that that one came from an event we did in 2018 where we we kept all the recycling we collected for four months in my backyard. And uh, my mom was really happy about that. And um, we then got a permit for our old high school and stacked it up. It was about 10 feet tall, called all the news stations. And that's when national news came out and covered like the whole thing. It was called Awareness Day. That's the event that got us the top 2,525. And then I think that that exposure was what got Contiki on our radar. And they also gave us an award. In terms of what we had to do, um, we didn't have to do anything but share what we're working on, what the project was doing, and people had to vote on it. So... Out of the top 35 under 35, there was like one person who got a crazy $100,000 grant um, from Contiki and a travel trip to like some next location where they basically did a community project in a third world country, which is like really cool. And we were going up against like Tentry. If you know Tentry, they mm-hmm. they, they give away clothes and, and then they, they plant Tentries. Like there were some big players. We were a small fish. So in terms of numbers of votes, we had no, no chance. Um, but that's how that stuff came around. And then to answer the second part of your question about relevance today, uh, we can't clean up trash right now, obviously. So me and Dylan actually got a software developer and we're building an online platform for Gen Z to share their ideas around environmental issues. So it's turning into an online forum. And what we plan to do once this all passes is start speaking at universities, specifically in front of fourth year environmental classes, saying like, hey, you're about to get into the job force in a field that's rapidly growing. You want to establish yourself as a credible source? Why don't you sign up as an author on our website, write blogs for us, because we have a global audience now, about three or 4,000 people per month, and you can build your expertise through our platform and hopefully build it to the point where people are like writing a couple thousand articles per month, not only about facts and stats, but also fun, engaging stuff like how to deal with your girlfriend or boyfriend who's a vegan or like uh, stuff that makes you laugh, you know, not just the facts that kind of keep people bored. So yeah, that's what I'll say about relevance. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like coaching for pitches and um, just public speaking? Because you have a very good presence. And I think Ren might be able to chime in because she does a lot of uh, pitching, pinch competitions and stuff like that. But like, have you ever thought about going down that avenue as a way of a revenue stream or... Because it seems like you're you're very passionate, and I think the one thing I don't know if you guys agree with me that stuck out is like when you talked about soccer, you talked about moving in and moving throughout your journey is it's leadership, and I think that's been the one thing that common theme that I've seen or like I've observed listening to you speak, right? So I feel like if you took that, you could take that and you can make it that's that's your brand right there like when i when i listen to you speak i think of, oh this guy's a wicked leader you know what i mean like i'm motivated to come to the pickering uh pick pick ways, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, i mean it's like, like yeah. this guy has a way of like you know like taking the room and you talked about it at the uh, when you were doing the the lectures in in schools so i'm like damn this guy's good at what he does it's like it's just a matter of 
like you mentioned, getting the ball rolling and kind of going through with it, right? So, like, do you see yourself going down that route? Because you mentioned you like coaching and teaching as well, mm-hmm. and like, being able to make money for Sam Dema Enterprise. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with the presentations, I've been doing pretty well. Like, I could I could have moved out before this whole thing happened. If it didn't happen, I'd be like. Uh, I would be projected to do a lot better than my first year as well. So that was going really well. What happened when coronavirus hit was actually like for me, it's tough. It was still a crazy situation. But for me, it was also like a blessing because I'm 20 years old and it forced me to sit down and say, shit, if I was 40 right now and this is what my business looked like, I wouldn't be able to feed my kids and I'd feel like a failure. Like, I don't know what would have happened. It would have been a really crazy situation. I would have to get like an online job or something. And so here's an exercise everyone can do that might be still struggling right now. And I want to just firstly say, um, I hate all the crap that's about like, be 10 times more productive now and change your life and all this crap. Like, no, a lot of people have to deal with their like their stuff and like pay the bills, um, including like my family and myself take care of that stuff first and then just use your time wisely as you can but don't pressure yourself to improve right now it's not a time for personal growth and improvement yes work on it but it's not the forefront of the most important thing um and then just to you know jamal what's up you have a thought there no no i was just gonna say like i, I love that because i i listened to that podcast where you talked about it um you said you know you don't everybody's saying oh better yourself now you have the time do it now do this do this you have to be your productive self right now because you have the time you've been doing the rest and of it, the whole entire of your lifetime you know what i mean like yeah that, it's like you know, yeah <laughs> i feel now, the same why, way like, you do it like two three years later like it should be something you enjoy if you want to learn you want to learn yeah exactly yeah like, but yeah go go ahead sam keep going keep going <laughs> yeah so i was just gonna say like i wanted to say that before i i want to say that before i continue just so people know like where i'm coming from because like yes don't pressure yourself but also understand like this is also a time where we've we're going to be in our homes more than ever and we have the time to reflect and ask ourselves questions so don't go crazy but also use it wisely so one of the things i did which is an exercise that really helped me that can also be beneficial to anyone listening is i put a piece of paper on a desk and i just asked myself what don't i have right now in my life and in my business or even relationships or job whatever category you want to explore and say like what what don't i have and what do i think i need and so for me at the time and still it's it's still a work in progress it was an online offering it was uh it was a way to make an impact and an income that didn't require me to go stand in front of a school that's a problem because I'm exchanging time for money. I'll never be able to scale this as an actual business. It will be more like a freelance gig, which is okay, but not if you want to have a family of five kids and, and you know, like uh, live a good life when you're older. So mm-hmm. one of the things I wrote down was coaching an online course. And so over the past three weeks, I've developed a curriculum. It's called the High Performing Student. And essentially it teaches students seven things and it can be any age student, not just a young person, but it's how to create a vision, how to set goals, how to create a game plan that kind of aligns with those goals, how to stay accountable, learn from your failures, set up an accountability kind of a a strategy and system, um, and then level up your standards. And each lesson has a, a video. It's about 10 minutes with an audio, about 15 minutes and a worksheet. And I kind of, it's in the beta stage. I've done all the videos, all the worksheets, all the audios. I had 10 students go through it, provide me with feedback. And I'm doing version two right now before I launch it. Um, so that will turn into its own machine once I learn how to use ads and click funnels and drive that on Facebook. And then speaking will still be its own machine. And then in the future, once the podcast is big enough, I want to coach students on, on these things specifically, creating a vision for their life that is 
is not aligned with academics. And the reason why that's so passionate for me is because I found myself as a student that didn't feel like going to school. And when I looked around and everyone else was going, it made me feel like crap. It made me feel like I was out of place. It made me feel like I was doing something wrong or something was wrong with me. And the truth is, in today's day and age, there's so many people who feel the same way, but they feel like there's something wrong if they don't take the traditional route. So I think starting something along those lines in the future will also be something I get into. I haven't really explored mainstream public speaking, like, hey, let me help you with your public speaking. But that's definitely something I'll consider in the future for sure. No, for sure. I mean, Sam, I don't typically agree with Dean and what he says. So I totally agree with him on this question and what he just made, um, you know, what he just brought up. But on that note, I, I truly, truly believe, um, you know, you do have that. You just have the spark. Like, it's just very affectious. And moreover, you have that passion. I don't know whatever what other word to use it because I feel like that word has been overused and run over a thousand times by people that are not truly passionate but as for like your support system you know it, you kind of had a lot of dramatic moments and i mean that you know obviously in a positive manner but who who's been there for you and how is family responding right now as you know you're still you're still at home and i don't know and this is maybe a cultural thing but I know when I first wanted to start my business full time, it wasn't the easiest hurdle to be like, yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay rent, but I don't need to pay rent because I live with my family. So yeah. how did that look for you? Who's your support system? Yeah, so I have a few people. Of course, my parents, I'm lucky that they do fully support me um, in terms of like my endeavors and stuff. Uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe in at a certain point, you have to start putting pressure on yourself. So even if I don't move out, um, and this is going to start happening after coronavirus passes. I'm going to open a separate account where I would make like a daily and monthly deposits as if I was living on my own. So I get the realistic factor because the reality is if I don't put the pressure on myself, uh, life will put it, it'll find a way to put it on you in ways that you don't really want it. So uh, that's something I'll be doing in the future, but they've been extremely helpful whenever I've had a, a tough time. I also have a buddy named Lucas who we have a call maybe like once every two weeks to just unload. Like if a bunch of stuff happened, he's also an entrepreneur. He works at a full, full time as a restaurant server at a, a fine dining place, but he's also tried to build two companies, one of which he invested like $20,000 into, totally failed. He's building a second company right now and the dude just keeps going. So me and him are like, when he's down and I'm up, I help him. When I'm down and he's up, uh, he helps me. So uh, that's a really cool relationship. And then more recently, uh, my girlfriend. So I have a girlfriend now, it's been seven months, her name's Nikki, and I'll get messages a lot um, from students who are considering uh, suicide. Um, and like very long messages, like 2 a.m., like really, really long DMs on Instagram, like I'm thinking about this and that. And, and to be honest, it's difficult, like it gets overwhelming. And so uh, for me to be able to vent uh, and share stuff with like other people, it just it just takes like this big huge like hurdle on me and just like kind of spreads it among individuals and ultimately i encourage people like all the time to to seek help but i think sometimes they just need someone to listen to True. and uh if i can be that person where they can just listen because because the thing is like i'm no mental health professional and most of the time these people just they're they're in these positions because no one wants to hear them out it's either that their parents don't hear them out, they shut them down, there's something wrong with you, what are you doing, get out of our house, you're gonna act like this, you're not getting medication, or they just feel, they feel stuck with these feelings. So I always say like, look, it's a safe space, talk to me, but then that takes a toll on me. Yeah. And that's when I spread it with like Lucas, my family and, and my girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, man, that's so. amazing. But first, first and foremost, like, 
what 20 year old thinks like that like opens up his own second account and Yo, wants to put away money real. and like dude that's like when you're 20 years living on home, you're like all right i'm living a good life I'm, you know i'm making money i'm gonna live a good life right but this guy like yeah, he's, you surprised me man that that's amazing that's really good that's really I appreciate good that. yeah. and what what made you decide to put pressure on yourself like what like what was it? you're yeah. thinking yeah. like the way i'm looking at it right now like like i started thinking about that like when i was like 24 25, 25 but you're doing, yeah, exactly like, you're doing yes. this at 20 so like what like what makes you think like that what drives you and actually i wanted to ask you a second piece of a second questionnaire is um afterwards is what is it that like what is that one thing that you get from doing all of this that you're doing right now like what yeah. is what's that one positive thing or what drives you to do all of this right now yeah. yep so to answer your first question um I was a highly motivated kid with like this one dream to play pro sports and pro soccer. And like my whole identity was attached to it. I got a lot of praise from people because I was a good athlete. I was really dedicated. I didn't have a relationship all throughout high school or up until seven months ago. That was my first real relationship simply because like, well, I don't know, when I was working on something, it was always like, it's going to be this 100% and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. After soccer just fully fell off, um, it was almost like my ego wanted to attach itself to something brand new. And so when I found something I was good at and it, w it was speaking and I actually started to love it, I was like, yo, I'm going to do this full out. So the reason there's, it's crazy. You ask me this because one of the other reasons I didn't go to school was because I knew, I knew that I wanted to do speaking. There wasn't a course in school that was going to teach me to be a speaker. And I look at the marketplace and every other youth speaker, they're all 25, 26 or in their thirties or forties. There's not many people like 20, 19 when they're starting speaking to young people. So I was like, well, how can I give myself a big advantage? Just start right now. I have five years on everyone else. By the time I'm 25, they're going to be coming out of university. I'll be, I've been doing this for five years. I'm going to have a huge advantage over everyone. Plus the, the selfless piece of it is like, I can also connect the students a lot more right now. So the first piece of pressure I ever put on myself was like, you need to do as much as you can right now because you're so relatable to these young people. One, it's good for me because I'll, I'll, I'll get more bookings. But two, the message is going to get through. It's going to be heard a lot more than maybe when I'm 30 or 40. Um, so that was like the first time I ever put pressure on myself. The second thing that made me think about it was this guy named Nee Shobo. Um, his full name's Olani Soberman, and he was an NFL player. He lost his he lost his career to an injury, and he started a podcast called the Sports Motivation Podcast. I started listening to it uh, back in 2015 when I was 15 years old in high school. And the content was very similar to what uh, Jamal, you heard on my podcast. It's all about like little things that can help young people or help athletes or help entrepreneurs. And I consumed 400 episodes, probably. I've consumed all of his episodes. So that, that, that whole kind of podcast had a huge impact on my life. I, was, I don't know. I don't even remember how I stumbled upon it. I just went on iTunes and searched up like motivational podcasts and it popped up five years ago. Um, and there was a lesson or an episode on there where he talked about the fact that when you don't put pressure on yourself, uh, life will end up putting it on you. And life is, life is ruthless. At least if you choose how you put pressure on yourself, you're more likely for it to be a, a very kind scenario. Like a, a good example, again, I always like to use fitness examples. Like if you're not feeling too good about your body and you don't make the decision to put the pressure on yourself to work out five times a week or start eating right, life might come in and be like, oh, here's diabetes or oh, here's a cancer or oh, here's, a, here's some sort of disease, right? And 
And it's all because you didn't make the decision to put pressure on yourself first. And he used a really good example, but I can't recall because it, it was so long ago. Um, but that's really what got me thinking like that. The whole podcast um, and the, the, the whole thing about I could have a real big advantage if I take this seriously right now. Mm-hmm. And then um, remind me of your lead up question. You had a second question and I'm totally, I'm totally forgetting it. So the last question, it's, it's kind of like shifting gears here because yeah. it's more of like, you're doing so much and what is it that drives you to keep doing it? What is it that you're like, we all do things for some sort of satisfaction or gain or whatever, like whatever the word is you want to take for, but there has, there's some sort of reward for you out of yeah. it. Right. So you, what is it like that keeps you going and keeps yeah, pushing you as well as like, what, like, what are you taking away from this? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say like in a one nutshell word, it's like fulfillment. And that sounds very broad, but to break it down for you, uh, my life changed from other people. My life changed because of my teacher. My life changed because of the mentors I've had, the people I've met and the conversations I've had. So I think the big thing for me is like, yes, I'll, selfishly, I love speaking on a stage. It feels really cool. But the, the deep down thing uh, is like, if I can be the Mr. Loudfoot for another young person, while I'm still close in age, if I can be a safe space for somebody else and make an income and an impact while I'm doing it, that's what keeps me going. It's like, I can serve so many purposes through what I'm doing. I can one, live a good life, make money, two, make an impact, and three, like help other people. And uh, I'd say like it's a mixture of those three things. Um, and that can all be tied into like a feeling of fulfillment that um, I, think, I think people just want significance. You know, they wanna feel like my life matters. Uh, and I think the only way to feel like your life matters is when it, when it ties in others and speaking in front of a thousand other people that might be changed because of something you said is like, I think a really great way to try and try and change someone else's perspective. So, and it makes me feel significant. Yeah, definitely. It's like, you're like a gatekeeper. Like we, we look at ourselves as gatekeepers between like the old school and like, like the generation that we grew up in. It's like, we see that problems are always going to be the same. Like, it doesn't matter if you're 20 or 30, it's going to be the same shit. Like people are still going to, like 20 year olds and 30 year olds still play a PlayStation 4, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, like we've just grown together, got had a bit more experience with other shit. But like at the end of the day, the root cause is always going to be the same. So you're kind of like a gatekeeper between generations. And that's what I find so, I guess, um, mysterious i guess and puzzle like i'm trying to still wrap my head around like how did you get so wise for your age yeah and, exactly you know, I, I know you met you mentioned you had uh like proper mentors and you've had like the right scenarios and stuff like that but there has to be something like let's let's step outside and like let, let's take an overview of what you just spoke and like yeah what can you think of that's could could have or has helped you attribute to get to get you to where you are right now. Yo, this is a huge part of it. Um, I from from the time I was sixteen, uh, I read the first book I ever read was Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Uh, you've probably heard of it before by Napoleon Hill. Um, I knew we had the similar ancestors, Sam. I was gonna <laughs> say that you and I probably have a similar DNA. Think yeah. and Grow Rich was probably the first book that I read. Well, Start let me tell finish. you the story behind it because you're gonna laugh. Um, I have a home gym in my basement because when I was growing up, I always wanted to have a space where I could train at home. 
And so I went on Kijiji because my parents wanted to give me money to go buy equipment because it's so expensive. And I started searching uh, online first what the price of equipment actually is. And then I'd go on Kijiji and search like all five cities around the GTA um, and see if anyone was selling their stuff for a lot less than I knew it actually cost. And it took me about two years to get uh, enough stuff to flip to make about $3,000. And after I made all the money, I went, I went to the store and I bought a bunch of stuff. But the first, the first guy that I picked up stuff from um, and I actually connected with him very recently. His name was his name is Dave. I can't remember his last name right now. And he wrote a book. Um, he was closing down his gym in Toronto. And my dad drove me down there like 8 p.m. on a school day. And uh, he helped me carry all the dumbbells uh, down from his gym, down the stairs into my dad's pickup truck. And we just got to talking. And this guy was, I, I explained to him how I was going through these struggles with my body and, and I want to be a pro soccer player and all this stuff. And he was like, man, that's so cool. He's like, I'm an, I'm an author. I, I want to be a life coach one day. And he was telling me his whole story. And by the end of it, he was just like, you know what? I have a book, man. It's not out yet, but I have a, I have something I want you to read. And I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, just go read this book. Think and grow rich. And I was like, okay. I was, I was 15 or 16 at the time. I can't remember. And, um, I never read a book in my life. I hate English. I hate reading. I picked up this book. I read it. I thought it was really cool, but I didn't understand it too much. Yeah. Um, but then I just decided, you know what? Like, I'm going to just keep reading and keep reading. And I just started buying books or borrowing books or going to the library and getting books. Um, and so since the age of like 16, I've read a lot of books, but not just like fiction books. I actually have almost never read a fictional book. And I don't know, like, I can't give you a shit answer as to why I got really hooked on this like self-help kind of idea from when I was 16, I just never really hopped off it. And so like all the books I read are relating to like a skill or an ability or something I'm trying to learn. I think that's had a huge impact on me. Um, also, when I was 13 and I moved to Italy, uh, I became a fully independent person like at the age of 13 when most kids are like just starting high school and they're at their most needy moments. Like I started doing, when I was living there, I was doing my own laundry. I was doing my own cooking. Uh, I was, I was, I had to do a school online, which is like super, you have to be super disciplined to do it. Cause no one's watching over your shoulder when you're in a third world country, just sitting in a, in a blank room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that made me like, a, almost like a man overnight. And I actually talk about this with my girlfriend often, but sometimes I like, I think back and, and um, not with regret, but I feel like I missed out certain aspects of my youth. So like a lot of kids party and like have fun and like all this stuff that to be honest, I just didn't do. Um, and sometimes like, I never wish I could go back, but I always wonder like what what kind of experiences I could have had that I just missed out on um, because of my like choices of way of life. And again, like I would never go back or change them, but it's something I do talk about. So it's funny you bring that up because I honestly feel the same way. Sometimes I find it hard to relate to young people. In fact, when I started talking to my girlfriend, I told her openly, like, I didn't think I was going to get into a relationship until I was like 25, 26, 27, because I just didn't know that I'd meet someone that's my age that would be on the same kind of like wavelength or maturity. Um, so it's funny. Yeah, I just think it's funny you ask because it's something that I, I actually ask myself too and sometimes beat myself up about. So, uh, but That's I appreciate wicked. that. I honestly, Sam, I think there's so many similarities and that's where that comparison comes because you're, you're super vulnerable when you were like sharing everything thus far, you know, from your stories wow. of being hurt, but you just made such a comment of like, you know, I became a man overnight and being able to take care of myself and be independent out in Italy and such. But I just want you to know, like, a lot of us kind of feel the same way. And to your point, I mean, maybe our fifth year in high school maybe brings that 
that element of us together but same ways a lot of us do lose mm. out on that childhood and i think it makes us a little bit more than like beyond our times and it's awesome to see that you've still been able to you know challenge yourself because i mean obviously our viewers can't see you but we can see you and your face just changed even when you were sharing about hey i wasn't even ready for a relationship but like yeah. it was a push because now it's a gamble and I, I mean to kind of find some similar ground there i looked at relationships like a business it takes effort time and money yeah. in some shape way or form and the right time kind of kind of makes um the right things happen but you're right it's about matching those energies and honestly i think at this very point i could say you definitely matched like our vision and mission and moreover who you are and what you stand for because it definitely sounds like this is not going to be the first time or the first episode we're going to have with you there's so much more that i'd love to hear and i know that jamal and dean may or may not agree with but um they're gonna want you back as well because there's just so much that we can de definitely go on but something that we typically do especially on these ones is to kind of just recap on what we've taken away before we you know get over to another episode but honestly what i heard was it's all about action it's about doing something and even if it's as much as writing something down as to your thoughts for the day because you're making you're bringing that thing to life and passion doesn't cut it i think a lot of experience comes into play but definitely action um is my key takeaway so thank you for for sharing your story dean jamal yeah yeah, I mean, my, my key takeaway was definitely small, consistent action, uh, just like you just like you said, and and the the mentality, right? You have to understand what that is to you. You have to understand what that means to you, and you have to understand what what it is you bring to the table, right? And um, definitely, like when you were talking, passion was was the word that kept going on in my in my mind because you can definitely, like Dean said, and I agree with him too, you can control a room. And we're not even sitting in the same room right now, but right now the viewers can't see us, but all of us are like intently just on our screen, like looking at you, you know, like we were not saying anything. Like usually we have a whole background conversation on our WhatsApp group, like, all right, this is what we're going to do next, this is what we're going to do next, you know? And like, no, I, I promise you, happening. I promise you the only, the only comment I made was like, what the fuck? He's 20 years old. I did not <laughs> yeah. see that one coming. Promise you that was but, the only thing. But Jamal, like it's, truth. Yeah, like we're all just captivated. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And like, that's what you bring. And I definitely appreciate it. Like like Ren said, this will not be the last time. I mean, I hope to have you on our, our podcast a couple more times. We will follow you for sure. Um, but Dean, what, what do you, what's your takeaways from uh, from this episode, this conversation? And Dean, you're on mute, so you have to, you know, <laughs> unclick that button. <laughs> I think my takeaways were all kind of throughout the podcast, right? Like, I was having all these epiphanies. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. So I don't really have much to say because you guys are going to tell me to shut up anyways. So, <laughs> so, I mean, like, no, it's a, like you have a really good thing going on in terms of, like, what you're doing. Like, you have the drive. And, the, like, I see, like, I guess the one thing, like, I, like maybe we can do it in future podcasts is, like, how can, I guess... So you you said you grew matured overnight and what are some takeaways you can share with your your peers and your audience that's i guess somewhat there's like there's probably a bunch of people that want to do what you're doing or like want to get to your level at this point and even people older 
right? That are like, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to you here. And I'm like, when you're talking about the gym, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me go into Kijiji. Let me start searching this. Because I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm not like, like, I'm always open to learning new things. And I'm trying to figure out what you were talking about. And I was searching up that footballer and stuff like that, like to read that quote and stuff. Like, it's just like, like, what is the, I guess what you can, you don't have to talk about it now, but I mean, like the takeaways or like, what can you share or how do you get other people involved into something that you're doing? Because you have a really good way of pitching and talking. And uh, I was like, in my head, I was like, if this guy was in sales, this guy would probably be a millionaire. Like by, by 30, he'd be a millionaire. Like, like you're just like, you're very, um, What's the best way? Captivating, as Jamal yeah, would captive, say. Yeah, captivating, charismatic. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm not Zona, but it's just like, like, one thing I guess, like, I would let, I'm curious to know is like, what is your ideas on how do we, or how do you go after that audience segment that's your age or, or younger, right? And how do you get them on board onto the, the Sam Demma train or the new school of thinking train and get them to start empowering themselves and, and pushing through right instead of having to rely on someone to do everything because i find like like one of the things i found no offense to you but like generation is like even like people my age is like they expect things handed down to them or handed to them Mm -hmm. and they won't go out and get it right and like i think that's one of the biggest roadblocks that uh we're all going to be facing in the future and it's like that going back to your first question why do i do new school is because we need to empower people now before it takes a toll on our future and it impedes mm. us in the future, right? There's going to be those guys who want to make money and they're going to keep all the information for themselves, but you might as well share as much as you can mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to, to make a better future for everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, but you don't have to answer that. You can think on it <laughs> and we can, we can definitely do another podcast or something, or you talk oh. about it on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, yeah, for sure. If you are, if you are up for it, Sam, I mean, I think, uh, that would be a great idea because I can see that episode going on for a very long time. I mean, I have a lot of input on that as well. Yeah. I know all of us have our own opinions on that, but, uh, again, like we, we, we thank you for sure for, for coming on this episode. Um, like I said, I hope this is not the last one we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will definitely keep in touch and, um, I mean, we have all your all your contact information that we're gonna put down at down below, so people can reach you. Um, you know, your network can grow um, because that's what we like to do: just give back, right? Whoever we talk to, whatever anybody we encounter, we just like to give back. So, um, and how can people follow you and find yeah. out about your initiatives and your? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, no, I appreciate that. I, got, I appreciate you guys all. So if people want to reach out, if they just want to have a conversation, um, I mentioned it before the call, but I book calls with anybody, not just students, but anybody every Thursday for three hours. They go on Instagram at Sam underscore Demma. Uh, in my bio, you hit the link. It says office hours, fill out the Google form, and I'll send you a link to book a call anytime, any Thursday of the whole year. Um, that's one way to connect. If you want to know about speaking, you just go to samdemma.com. My last name is spelled with two M's, D-E-M-M-A. And then for pick waste, you just go to pick waste, P-I-C-K-W-A-S-T-E.com. Um, the cleanups right now are postponed, so you won't find anything about cleanups and the new website is being rebuilt. So there's not too much up there right now, but it will be in the next couple of months. Sounds good. Thanks, Sam. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, Sam. Oh. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And just to Thank clarify you. the generational gap, Dean falls in the 40 plus category. Sam's uh, in the 20 yeah. plus, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> to our viewers out there. Cool, Have a guys. wonderful evening. You don't look old. What a story. And honestly, a lot of learning lessons and ageless thoughts that we can definitely implement into our own worlds and journey starting today it all really takes that one little step and coming from a lot of um unfortunate events or maybe it's that stroke of luck that makes us make choices as to what we want to do next make sure to follow support sam sam demma and his team alongside um, all their initiatives as mentioned in the description and moreover we appreciate your support and you listening to the new school of thinking podcast as we look forward to meeting you again on another episode on the new school of thinking <laughs>